Sorry. The mics weren't on. <laughs> Welcome to the Friendly Geordies podcast. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. Get fish. And uh, I'll go back Get to you, Jordan. You fish. were saying. Fish, fish, fish. I'm feeling in a good mood. And you know why? I was talking to someone who used to work at the ABC and they were shitting on it a lot. Would you like to know more? This is a choose your own adventure. Um, yes, no, all of uh, the above. Well, let's go. Let's go with yeah. Let's go with yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a very enthusiastic first option from Miss Love. <laughs> Ali, dare you agree? Dare you enter the challenge? <laughs> Sorry, I missed a question. I was more concerned <laughs> oh, about the sound. Hey, I'm Take a techie as, yes. as well as true, 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 true. So, true. Say, can can you repeat the question again? Do you want to hear me shit on the ABC? Oh yes, I do. Let's start with that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> always, always, always. That a boy, Artley. All right, let's stick it to him. Now, all the little supporters of Artie that listen to this Twitch stream, as you can imagine, this is the most pro-ABC audience there is in the country. The Friendly Geordies podcast may as well call ourselves the Friendlies of ABC. Mm. Just take... No, take, ABCJ. ABCJ, yep. Triple ABCJ, mm. that's us. And... Actually, yeah. Ali Balabragic, Constable Jordan. <laughs> ABCJ. Not bad. Not bad. <laughs> um, right. So, I talking to this legend that used to work at the ABC, and I won't get them in trouble by telling them their names, but... Tom Tilly. No way. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, the fucking saving grace. The only one telling it like it is <laughs> at the ABC. <laughs> I don't think he's even the there anymore. Road ginger. I don't think uh, he's even there anymore. I was thinking of... Uh... I don't know where he is anymore, except for I'm assuming in a coffee shop in Bondi. Uh, they just can't shoo him out, so he just sits there and he's like, mm. it's so dark all of a sudden and cold. Mm. What's Maybe the... I should do a hack about it. Oh, wait, I can't. <laughs> hmm? Wait, what's the ghost? I didn't even let him, let, him, let him continue. Let Tom Tilly is locked in a coffee shop. Uh, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> sorry, dude. Go on, Jordan. Oh, fuck. He was there in the boomer generation of the ABC. It makes so much sense to the people that I know from the ABC what he was saying. The way that they saw working there was like it was the foreign service. I suppose, just a prestigious bureaucrat. That's how they saw their job. They didn't actually really give a shit about who was and wasn't in government. They were perfectly happy to take directives and orders. They actually liked sitting on their asses doing nothing. He was talking about just all of this waste that used to happen in the ABC. He's saying the only good thing about a Liberal government coming in is that they slashed the budget because there was just all these cunts getting fat <laughs> of a bunch of working-class schmoes as they were going... I think I'm going to do a documentary in Venice, yes. This guy used to be at the front line of Afghanistan, Iraq. He'd be in all these war zones. In fact, <coughs> he was uh, there when that female Pakistani president who's the daughter of that boss. Yeah, Benazir Bhutto. Mooney. Mooney. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. <laughs> what are you talking about anymore? Nah, Modi. You're talking about Captain Modi. 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 But go on, I finished the Which story. Which name's Gasp of World Events? Which finish finish the story. Mooney can come in after. <laughs> he was there when she was assassinated. Mm -hmm. He was. He used to be on the front line of all these war scenes. And why? Because he was part of Gen X. And so all the baby boomers would say, mm, you can take Rock and I'll take... Mm, 
France, <laughs> you know, and they, <laughs> and they used to fucking sit around on way more money than he was. Apparently, they were saying that there just used to be a pension system when they were there, so they'd spend a lifetime of doing fuck nothing. Really, the liberals pay them to not report on anything. The nationals just want them there, so there's some kind of new service to the bush, and so they can't get rid of them because the nationals won't let them. So the liberals pretty much just stock it, and they've perfected it down to an art, and he was saying that the absolute crack was, yep, you've got the formula right, well done, Libs, was them employing Annabelle Crabb. There's a few people there that just, you know, just sit around and be like, oh, is that, what are you having for lunch there? Are you having crab linguine? Hmm. I don't mind if I do. Oh, lovely Joe Hockey. That, that is, <laughs> that's what well, they wanted. Well, my name is Annabelle Crabb, sure. They started moments kicking out anyone with balls like him, and he was saying that, look, to be honest, there was a small contingency to begin with. Even when people, your parents are always saying, it was so good, the ABC back in the day. It was good because it was a couple of people like him, and he used to do things that used to shit off the rest of the contingency ABC of going somewhere, a war zone, for instance, that uh, his higher-ups, the one level up, would say, no, you're not going there because they didn't want to deal with the headache of the higher-ups saying, no, we're not going to do it. And he'd just go, fuck it, I'm just going to go on my three-month vacations that everyone at the ABC has. I'm just going to go there, I'm going to film it on a digicam and come back. And he proved before we proved that you can go to somewhere and just use a camera phone. Mm. You don't need fucking 30 people to film a documentary. You just go there and you say, you, what happened? What do you think? That's it. He went and did that. He pretty much made 30 people's jobs redundant by doing it because the higher-ups, the higher higher-ups would look at it and go, well, you shouldn't have done that, but it does cost fuck all, so we'll buy it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> hey, and, the original uh, friendly Jimmy's method, method. He was the original friendly Jimmy's. I love this guy, uh, but he was pretty much just saying that it was just this giant fucking free-for-all of taxpayer money and they'd be stupid little petty things in saying that it's just fucking decadent and gross what would happen in that there would be somebody working on a show, they just get shifted around because they had this ethos of being like, got to mix it up. And then someone would just be like, ooh, Margaret's working on this and she doesn't like Chazelle. So Chazelle is just going to sit on her fucking ass for six months, get paid 300 grand to think of a documentary idea. Didn't matter if she did or didn't. They just park her somewhere, say, that's all right, Cherise. You sit around, you just think about where you'd like to go. Oh, China? I've always wanted to go to China. And then just go off there. You fucking do nothing. You get aired at 10 p.m. on a Tuesday, come back, just get a job on radio. It was just this little elite cabal that just got their way in, Isn't sucked that- off the taxpayer. They were really jealous that they couldn't get on fucking BBC, which is why... All the ones that are boomer ages still had that voice that sounded like this. But isn't that every organization minus the tax money? But this is a whole. No, thing. it's not every it's organization. You know what? This continues because this reminds me of you know how like I was doing uh, I was um, researching on that Paul Keating script mm. and uh, I came across uh, well I didn't come across I started looking into Commonwealth Bank's privatization. I had a completely different idea of what actually happened. It's it's basically just that. Yeah. The ABC turned that into the Commonwealth Bank. Mm. Because, you know, you assume, oh, um, Commonwealth Bank was privatized in early 90s. You automatically think, okay, so this must have been a, this must have been a move that was hated by the left and the right would have loved it. The unions would have opposed it. The bank would have preferred it. Completely opposite. opposite. 
the unions desperately, the ACTU said that we would love for Commonwealth Bank to be privatized. Commonwealth Bank said we do not want to be privatized mm. because it was basically that. Like just getting fat off the tax. At battle. some point, the Commonwealth became they they started projecting like we need to be a we need to act like a commercial bank. We need to be independent. So they would they would get the allowance of that. So that means that they would start like investing in things like um you know like the mining industry or whatever whatever makes them money. But then and they would also take millions and millions of dollars of taxpayer money. And because and would refuse things like um, private equity into housing affordability, they'd be like, "Oh, I don't know if that would work for the bank," and they would just be sitting there with these huge paychecks, essentially running a commercial enterprise that was super inefficient at taxpayer dollars, and they never wanted to get privatized for that reason. Yeah, and they got actually a lot better after getting privatized because once that tax subsidy, the biggest turning point was how crazy is this? The bank of um. Uh, Bank of Victoria, which was a public bank, went bankrupt. And so the government, the Keating government was saying, okay, Commonwealth Bank, you're a public bank, you need to buy them out. Because if they go under, a lot of people who have their money in the Bank of Victoria would go under. And the Commonwealth Bank was like, oh, I don't know if you want to do this. And that's when basically Keating realized, what's the point of you being public? Like, why would we support <laughs> you if you're not willing to help in this crisis? Yeah. And in fact, that was, that was a critical point when they eventually did privatize it. So Keating said, okay, I'm going to inject a fuckload of liquidity into it. You're going to have to buy out Bank of Victoria because we don't want people to start fucking going uh, starving and we're also going to privatize you. Mm. And so that was a deal that was acceptable for everyone. Yep. But it's basically what the ABC was. Like, Well, also the other thing that Commonwealth Bank did, I don't know about Victoria Bank, but the Commonwealth Bank used to campaign against the Labor Party actively. Yeah, they didn't... Because it would just be flushed with libs because they're in most of the time. Because and so they'd sit around and buy up newspapers and then put their propaganda into it. It's insane. Like, it really challenges some of the preconceived notions. Like, and it, it brings out... It brings that point out. Dolomite Having, like, a really ideological opinion towards privatisation is also wrong. Like, it's a case-by-case -case basis. Exactly. Some things need to get privatised... And some things don't need to get privatized. Yep. In this case, Commonwealth Bank really needed to get privatized. But, you know, our national electricity grid probably should not get privatized. Exactly. <laughs> Controversial an opinion. An example of the propaganda, Dolomites accounts. Don't need that shit. Just a fraudulent, you know. But how much did you think you needed it when you were five? I still you think I need it. <laughs> I have nothing. Just, just the Dolomites checkbook... To me, the emotional response I have to that thing is the equivalent of like a wad of bills, like a, a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, you do feel like that you've got some insider trader knowledge yeah. by that small guy that I assume was one of those Hamburglar characters that don't have names that are always in the background of McDonald's. That guy was kind of sitting there just being like, you know, two dollars a week turns out to be a hundred dollars a year. Yeah, or, 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 or in your case, I think you should get into silver. <laughs> what was the little animation? Wasn't it a guy on the moon? I think it was a guy out of space. Weren't they kind of those dancing Sesame Street characters? I'm pretty sure it was on the moon. Anyway, I, f I can't remember. Um, Dolomites. A simple Google could hopefully... Uh, Maybe it was just a real extreme close-up of dust mites. <laughs> That's what they actually look like. <laughs> do you want to add something more to that story? Or should we yes, move on I to do. our first segment? Yes, I do. Okay, do it. These pricks, apparently they used to be on a pension system. They'd be on fucking $400,000 a year, 500000 And th this was the on-air talent. 
there'd be a bunch of producers that you wouldn't know the names of that were on 200 grand a year and there'd be like six of them when you need one producer for a show minimum i mean if sky news has just turned it into an art apparently they have one producer between three shows but they have six shows on there after dark they've got two producers but the abc would have one show and six producers think about what a rort this system is it's just anybody that's on the in track gets a job for life guaranteed they'd have a pension dig this a pension that was 80% of their salary. Say they're on 400 grand a year. What the fuck's that? They'd be on $320,000 for the rest of their lives if they retire. Jesus. Hey, just so you know, those are the kind of benefits other organizations give. What do you mean? Like who? Like the ABC. We need to rework this friendly Geordie's enterprise. <laughs> yeah, that's what I said. Everyone does it. No, but that was it. No, not everyone does it. No one Then the Libs came in. I'm really starting to see it from the Libs perspective now. This is the one thing that I agree with them on. They came in and they were just like, what the fuck's this shit? We'll give you a pension. They were just like, oh my God, they're putting us on superannuation that is as good, if not better, than the politician's superannuation. What is this 70% of my wage? That's what it turned out to be. It was like, it was, I can't remember the exact numbers, but I think it was something along the lines of they're getting a superannuation that is seven times better than the average worker. And they do fuck nothing, but sit on their ass. At the very least, they report nothing. At most, they report straight out propaganda for the Liberal Party. And this is the thing that he was just saying that just completely blew my mind because I always just used to think they'd be like, oh, what can you do? They don't give a fuck. They don't care at all. They just want to go on their little fucking trips to Europe and the taxpayer to pay for it in absolute lavish luxury and report back. He was just talking about, like, uh, the fact that there was really only a, a tiny amount of journalists that had any actual grunt to them that actually wanted to report things or would even challenge it, right? Most of the times... It wasn't even that they didn't know where the boundaries were. They just didn't want to report things of importance. They were just like, mm, that's too complicated. Can we, can we do a documentary about Shakespeare? Yeah, I really like Shakespeare. Well, it has its place. Does it? I like Shakespeare. Is this a controversial <laughs> opinion? Shakespeare is overrated. That's what I think too. Change Shame. my you know, mind. Again, because it's people in the fucking Sydney Theatre Company, ABC, Sydney Morning Herald bubble that. that love him. I Hang totally on, let me disagree. just see. Well, so the ABC was basically just like any other uh, bureaucratic organisation where people were just fat cats waiting for their paychecks and their massive pensions once they retire. Yeah. That doesn't surprise me. The whole myth about journalism being like, I don't know, equivalent to first responders is really a miscalculation on our part. <laughs> we shouldn't have given them that level of importance. Yeah, it really is insane. Pretty much all, the, the, the real summary that I got from it was, first of all, he agrees with me, just fucking privatise it. It's if absolute shit show. If Labor got in, it's just too far gone. The rot's so far in there. And he was saying that it didn't really change when the Labor Party was in. And it has that entrenched attitude that I always thought was just part of the propaganda model that was kind of coming from the top and kind of impressed upon the lower journalists. But he was just saying it's just right through. They actually sit there being like, hmm, Polly's, am I right? What can you do? Also, I want to have cheese with them. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll do a show about us having dinner. <laughs> you know, they, they have that fucking attitude all the way through it. And he was hey, just saying, like, at the least, at <laughs> the very least, you could do exactly the same job for fucking $100 million a year. It is so overpriced. It just goes all into overinflated wages mm. for like really unlikable people because I remember them. And he just started cracking up when I made this comparison because he was, it's such a good thought, right? 
the big takeaway from it was it's like they thought they were part of the foreign service, just a thing that you give as a plush job to bureaucrats that are owed favours, uh, you know, just as a diplomat that sits there and is just like, yeah, uh, Shkomo, Shkomo would like to say to you, Mr. Trump, that he likes you. Okay, that'll be $500,000 a year. Like, that's mostly what fucking diplomats, not diplomats, um, ambassadors do, really. Right, yeah. Like, he was saying that that was pretty much that. They just saw it as just... It, it was all just this at the end of the day. They didn't believe in journalism. They weren't there for that reason. They were there to say, I work at the ABC. And I remember, because we grew up with a lot of these people, you'd see a lot of them around. And they did feel like the Foreign Service to me. I was like, they'd be having these conversations where you'd be like, why aren't your feet resting on a beer rug? Why don't you have a safari hat on? Why aren't you lighting up a pipe saying, this reminds me of uh, what happened when I was in Botswana? Because it was, that was their whole fucking stories. It was yeah. just, uh, I was told that I met Boutros, Boutros, Gali, and he said a rather amusing anecdote to me. But it's like, well, first of all, I'm 12. I don't know who the fuck that is. <laughs> but like, you know, th that was them. And their massive Sorry. success was convincing the rest of the population that if they get a 2% cut in their salary that is somehow going to be the end of the country that was they again convinced. paul keating's great quote which was that as soon as the, uh, you say anything about the abc you hear it on the am the pm moaning to the country about their problems they've just brainwashed the country into thinking that they're these poor little defensive beings but the thing is look at this fucking podcast this podcast gets more views than 80 percent of the trash that the abc produces it's way more substantive for fuck's sake it's got mislove on on it and it's more substantive yeah isn't that fucking insane these are journalists that have phds in journalism and we, yeah, we, don't, we don't travel in luxury <laughs> we get to travel but we travel in shitty ibis budget hotels that always lead to one of us fighting with jordan if we're gonna stay here again i'm not doing it anymore <laughs> i like it because it reminds me of blade Runner 2049 yeah yeah it is it's pretty insane well but that is a good point nah, fair. that is a good point i mean you can back this up. We grew up with the same circle and we saw these people. Well, look, I'm not going to speak for the, on, on that, but I I, uh, I am kind of curious though. Like, I don't know if I believe that you wouldn't completely change your tune if Labor wasn't in. And I'm not saying that's not wrong. I'm just interested if- This is a problem that persists even if Labor was in. Yeah, exactly. It's not a labor or liberal issue. It's just a overpaid. Uh, the idea that someone thinks it's that their job bureaucracy. is always going to be secure no matter what they do. It's the thing that you were talking about in Croatia when your dad was like, um, your dad was pissed off at some guy who was sleeping on the job. That little thing is called communism. Look it up. Everyone on Twitch, Google it's, it's, that. It's a bit That's like what that. I'm saying, dude. Sky News was right. The ABC is a communist propaganda <laughs> network. They're right. But they're not. No, they're not that. They're just living out the, uh, the, you know, they're living that life out. I don't think they're like going out there being like communism is the best. They're being like the free market, you know, with, with, with like the free market with uh, good social services is the best. But I want to get paid really well and never lose my job. You know what I mean? They might be living that. You, you know, life. you should get paid really this is what well. Saying. They're not. They don't even believe that shit. You they believe. They believe in getting really expensive cheese and wine 
and sitting around with fucking Lee sales in Double Bay restaurants. That's what they yeah. believe in. And that's fucked. Like you, you, <laughs> you should not be incentivized based on how experienced you are or how good at... They're not, yeah. they're not, but they're not rewarded mm-hmm. on that. You know what they're rewarded on? What? They know. That's it. But that's the same as the music, very similar to the music industry, very similar to like the arts, politics. I don't know, I don't know like if it is, is similar really to the music contra- industry. I want to actually gauge people's same opinions on this now that we're at it. I really do think Does this. the ABC switch to a labor bias if Albo wins the election? If Albo's in for 12 years? Oh, yeah. come on. Well, look, yeah, Ida Rose is on a five-year contract. That'll get renewed before the next election. So she'll be up to another five years. Right. The entire board will be there for another five years. Right. Then you have to start systematically weeding them out, which will be its own bureaucratic okay. fight because they're just going to entrench themselves in. The different the, There is a cultural rot there in that they truly do not give a fuck if there's a Labor or a Liberal government in there. They don't give a fuck about the country. Damn. Damn. They don't care. Well, uh, in, in terms of your question of what the audience says, Root Paul says ABC is middle class welfare. See, that's what I thought, dude, but $400,000 a year ain't middle class. Mm, that's a. Agreed, agreed. $400,000 a year is like 90 grand, isn't it? What do you mean? Sorry, sorry. Ninety grand is middle class, or like, you know, just like middle, 80 yeah. grand, yeah. 80 to 100K, middle that'd class be is middle like class. 60 to. 80 isn't it that's what i thought they yeah, were yeah. around i think it's around 80 85 now with inflation and am i right which came out yeah but um so i think anything below 100 you'd still be considered middle class to be fair you probably okay. be considered middle class even after 100 110 120 yeah, um 400 is not middle class. 400 is not middle class by any means dude it really does because i remember ages ago i put out this message saying that I swear that you could just get a hundred grand out to ten YouTubers, and it'd have more of a reach and more of an impact. Well, that's than what one of the, the ABC. You could gut oh, the entire ABC, save yourself. That's a what one of dollars. the suggestions was over here. Someone I can't remember your name. Sorry, you should have. They were saying you should actually gut the ABC and provide the funds to independent um, journalists. So just scattered the money all over the place. Exactly. Could you imagine if there was a billion you know dollars pro- of that? But but no government is gonna is gonna have the balls to do it because that's gonna be an anarchic system. They're super concerned about like what words, what buzzwords you say on their normal programming. Imagine giving it to like a bunch of people that are constantly producing twenty four seven news cycle content. Oh, it never happened. They in they, a million they years. would never it's agree not happen, to do but it. But all I'm saying is because. I was just talking to this guy and then it just became very apparent to me that like, fuck, Sky News is so admirable. (laughs) Like, I did not know how much on an oily rag that operation runs. On a purely operational level, Sky News is a thing of beauty. Well, Sky News produces between six shows. Huh? You guys have gone full free market. It's just such a good testament of the free market. And I was just thinking about it. I didn't get any fucking help from the government. Oh, okay. I was on Centrelink looking for a job for six months until I could make myself sustainable enough to work on the fucking mm. platform, right? Mm. But other than that, I got no taxpayer handouts. None. It was purely the free probably market. Probably for the I best, man. Like, like, you know what? Honestly, it was probably for the best. Like, it made you rethink uh, your strategy and make your content better because you had no yeah, other did, way of exactly. doing it. And Which, also, the other thing is when you... Dealing with the free market, you're actually responsive to what the audience wants. You have to, because your survival depends on it. Yeah. That's how you get better. Yes. 
uh, need is the mother of all inventions. Look, I, I, I don't think, I don't think that, um, I don't necessarily think that you should constantly be insecure about your job. You should have cushion. But then if your entire job is about cushion and people are applying for that job because of that cushion, that's just promoting a culture that's not conducive to productivity. Mm. Uh, it's as simple as that. But that actually brings us to our, uh, what was supposed to be our first segment. This is, should actually be a self-help question, but one of the things, um, the conversation uh, newspaper came up with an article um, that says many, many more Aussies are graduating with tertiary education, but only one in four are actually getting jobs. The question is, Jordan, for you, well, that's just a stat. What, what do you think young people that have graduated that are three out of four that have a university degree but are not getting jobs or are getting jobs in which they're underemployed, how do they get out of that? What do they really need to be doing to get a job or whatever they want in life? You ready for this? Ali, can you clip this and put it up on my self-help channel because I was going to make this an episode anyway. Mm-hmm. You want to hear some top-tier advice? The market rewards problem solvers. Your job is to identify what problem you can solve, what naturally are you talented in, but then direct that into how can I solve as many people's problems as possible using that. So we'll give an example. Say you like dogs a lot. You know you're very good with dogs. Woof, woof. There you go. That's one. There, that's what they sound like. Who needs an effects button, eh? Uh, If you really like dogs, you think that you've got a natural talent for it. I was always saying on the self-help channel, you read a lot of books in the field of dog training. But then you start thinking about, okay, how could I apply that? You start advertising yourself as, I can make your dog behave. That's a problem that people have. There's a lot of piece of shit dogs out there and a lot of owners with way too much money. And no kids anymore because there's a thing called dog moms, you know? And they'll just be sitting there being like, oh, she's, Pookie's not behaving. I'm, I'm not externalising the fact that I t- kept it too late to have kids. It's, it's Pookie's problem, <laughs> right? And so your job is to kind of narrow in and think about how can I fix something? If you are one of those people, you are not going to be one of those three quarters of people that have unstable work. I can promise you that. If you are able to solve enough people's problems in life, you are going to be wealthy, successful, and happy. And oh, yeah. with or without tertiary education too. With or without tertiary education, because this is the other secret. I wish that I did this. The only reason that I'm glad that I went to university is pretty much because I met you and someone else whose name will not be mentioned, but let's just pretend. <laughs> let's just call him from now non-Pakistani Ali. Hey, uh, hey, I don't even know who that is. <laughs> I know who it is. But, uh, uh, but the thing is, like, it was pretty much just because I met a couple of friends, but that was not worth a hundred grand. Yeah? But uh, I, yeah. I understand that, and I'm a big uh, advocate of that too, but I do think that there are certain merits of for going to university. I think that you can get those merits for a hundred bucks a year from the library. You can, but most people won't. Also, the, Yes, that's true. But if you have enough drive in life, if you have that yearning of I'm going to make something of myself, 
I don't think you need university. I think you need an education that you can't get at university, which is all the lecturers that they try and shun away from university because they aren't part of the dogma. And also because they're about very specialised things that only you know. The current show that I've got, Friendly Geordies Cancels the Media, you know what that's a result of? All these academics that I wasn't taught about when I was in university. I did courses on media and politics. What I was learning in there was dog shit. But the, the role that you get with self-education is self-education is more effective than actual university education because if you think about it, if you're doing it yourself, you're more interested in most of the time you're just like kind of sleeping in class. But what I have, what I do think is that there is certain merits to the fact that if you self-educate yourself, you have gaps in knowledge, which can really butt you in the ass at the wrong time. Because when you're, when someone structures a let's say a course for you they make sure that every area is covered and then you might be interested in certain aspect of it and you might do more research into it but if you're like just solely trying to educate yourself almost haphazardly there are areas that you miss out on and it's not your fault and that can that can cause problems later so i'm not saying that university education is a must but there are certain merits to university education. If you're a very driven person, if you're someone that has an attitude of you're ambitious and you want to go out there and do things, it really doesn't matter. You do university, you don't do university. The one of the stats that is not mentioned over here is, which I did read, is sure, if you're if you're tertiary educated, you that doesn't guarantee you a job. But you know what makes it even more difficult? If you're not university educated. So it's even worse for people that aren't. So yes, getting a university degree doesn't guarantee you shit, but not getting one puts you in a almost worse situation than someone who has. I think that that's kind of just a coincidental stat. I think that it's because people that go to university are usually a little more focused and driven than people that don't go to university. You know, that's not always the case. There's such a thing as Jim's mowing, but... Jim's mowing in itself is its own mobile university. <laughs> university of Lawn. Damn Sistin. But uh, it, <laughs> it also means you can read. And that's a huge thing. Exactly. So if you can go to university, if you're intelligent enough to do it, I really think that it's a waste of time. In fact, for instance, I'll give you a really good example. There's a couple of people on my staff now that are just doing this part-time because they're doing university. And I'm just thinking, for fuck's sake, just quit. You would learn so much more editing for me and you'd be earning money and you would have time to just sit around and read. Why are you sitting there in a media degree while they sit there and be like, okay, we're going to teach you how to edit on videotape? Why? <laughs> and why are you paying six grand for that course? That's a thing. So you might be right in that they'll just be like opening your mind to all of these things. But let's be honest, a lot of them are fucking useless. I think that Steve Jobs had it right when he was just saying, you educate yourself, you get as a result of that all of these unique ideas that are only in your head because you're only reading that combination of books yourself and therefore as a result of that you can solve a really specific problem i think that that's what happened with me i got interested in comedy i got interested in noam chomsky and admittedly that was because of university but again it was just by dumb luck that i went to south korea if i didn't that wouldn't have happened and so as a result of that i had a problem that i could solve which is that Everybody in Australia is extremely fucking brainwashed. And I can solve that. 
because I am able to put up enough glitch and glamour to try and get people in and just being like, hey, I'm going to teach you about Chomsky, but I'm going to do a little tap dance with one of those candy cane canes. <laughs> the winning formula. <laughs> the winning formula. But what do you reckon, miss? You've been awfully silent sitting in there. You weigh in on this one. What do you think tertiary education taught you? Yeah, you, I mean, I, I'm being silent because you guys have obviously gotten into the bags, mate. Jesus. That was, that was, that was do strong. You, do you think that you're, because you are a university graduate. Yes. Do you think it was of any use? For me or? For, for you, for you per uh, personally. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I, I'd probably just agree with you guys. Like, <sighs> well, we both have different opinions. And I'll, and, and I'll tell you one of the things. I met this one guy who actually lives very close to here. I was telling him the same thing. He was an older guy. He was older than me. He, I was in my early 20s. He was in his mid-30s at the time. We were doing the same job. And I was basically telling him what a useless thing a university degree really is. And he was like, I was telling him how I graduated and like it has zero. I just have a debt, really. It's, it's nothing more than that. And he said, you're saying that because you have one. And I was like, okay, tell me, how has, how has it disadvantaged you? And he was like, well, for one, I don't qualify for at least 50% of the jobs that are posted online. You need a university degree for it. Okay. Now that I'm a little older and wiser and you put it in that context, let me completely backflip my argument. Uh, <laughs> I, don't, I think that he's right in that if you're entering the job market, yes, you're right. A degree is kind of just the prerequisite. But also the other thing that you have now is degree over inflation What's happened to degrees is what happens to money in Zimbabwe. It's just everyone's got a fucking degree because universities are just money machines. And so they're just handing out certificates left, right and centre. And so a university degree does not mean what it meant in the 70s, for instance. No, it, I, and I, I, I agree with that. Look, it, it, like that's a good comparison. It's like Zimbabwe, right? So the, you flood the market with these university degrees. A lot of times they're bullshit degrees and it really reduces the value that that degree holds. So let's say you've got $10,000 in Zimbabwe. All of a sudden the market's been flooded. Your $10,000 are now $5,000 or $2,000. That's shit. But if you had $0 from the beginning, you still have $0 now. Mm. At least with an overinflated $2,000, you've got something to work with, you know? I think you're right. But this is the other thing that I wasn't even thinking about because I've just been so inundated and brainwashed now through my own life experience, I suppose. But it's just, look, as I'm always pointing out in my uh, self-help channel, dude, aim to be self-employed or start a business unless you are somebody that wants to be a professional, Right. If you want to be a professional, but then start your own practice eventually, but you need all of that life experience. Yes, but the thing is, this is the whole thing. That guy, pretty much, let's be honest, what is somebody who is applying for jobs? They're a beggar. <laughs> they're really a fucking beggar. I mean, like look, they're just it's, walking it's, in and being like, have you got some it. bread? And they're just like, be gone with you. Yeah, you can have one night here, but you've got to clean out the manure. That's really what's happening there. It's just, <laughs> a, a, as like, feudal society has advanced what we're really looking at is just a post-industrial feudal society right a, yeah rent feud rental feudal society and it's not your fault i think that everybody has been conditioned to think because they grew up in the 20th century and everybody that's still in power has a 20th century mindset that you go to university you get a degree you get a job that economy doesn't exist anymore yeah, and there's nothing true. that you can do about it and you pining about it is not going to change it. Absolutely not. And that's, that shows with 
it's a fucking ridiculous number. Three in four university graduates find it really difficult to get a job even after six months. So that's a damning figure. And and I I agree with you in the sense that look the way our economy is moving this is gonna get a this is gonna get a look this is my understanding of where we're moving pretty soon within the next twenty to thirty years it's already happening but there will be a few people that will own technologies that will be so intellectually copyrighted that you're not and they wouldn't need that many workers so the only way you can truly survive. Or like make a living would be um, to come up with something new yourself. To come up with some sort of an idea, some sort of a business venture. If you're thinking that I'll educate myself and I'll be a hard worker and then I'll work for some company and I'll do some repetitive kind of job and I'll have a house, a car and a wife and one kid and a dog, that might not actually pan out the way you think it might. Like you would have to adapt your... you. This is the biggest point I think in my opinion you need to be willing to adapt and change very, very rapidly. It's that thing, you know how they give off that like, um, there's, I, I can't remember who it was, I think it was Jordan Peterson who was saying it, that let's say there's a guy that has, who has an uh, ambition of climbing the tallest mountain in the world. They go two thirds up and then they realize, oh shit, there's a dead end over here. Either I can continue to move or I go all the way down and find a new way to climb back up. You need to be the guy that has the balls to say, I'll climb back down and climb back up if that's what it takes. Mm. That's, that's being adaptable. And I think that's the key point. If you are able to do that, if you're willing to unlearn things and relearn things, you will be successful and you will be fucking rich. Richer than... Miss, did you write that quote down? Which one? The Charles Darwin one? Yeah, oh, I did. I oh, know, I took a photo of it. Can you find it? Because yeah. I can't remember what it was. Well, but that's yeah. exactly the Darwin's what quote is like uh, it, uh, his quote was nations that are the strongest don't survive. The ones that are able to adapt uh, survive the longest. Yeah, it's not the most intelligent species or the strongest species that survive. It's the, the ones that are most adaptable. responsive to change. Most responsive. That's to an epic And I think that that's the whole thing. You just need to identify as what Ali was saying. We really are going into an era of. Uh, you know, haves and haves nots on crack. That's happening now. And I think that also the other thing, I truly do believe this after being a business owner for a long time, there's actually a lot of personal growth that comes with a business. It taps, it forces you to tap into something in yourself and like there's months where you're just like, fuck, how am I going to pay people's wages and shit like that? But like, it's a different type of stress to the stress of like, am I going to get fired? Like that, that thing of just being like, I need to fucking figure out a way to provide. It actually makes you a better person. I think it also gives meaning to your life. Let's say in the future, let's say the, the greatest thing happens, right? Everyone gets a universal basic income. Let's say you don't work at all because there's not that many jobs. You still get your needs met. Your needs met, not your wants. And then there are people that have... So if you think that, oh, I could just be that guy that does nothing. Even if you're satisfied financially, you will never be satisfied emotionally in that situation. In order to be a fulfill, if you, if you want to have a life that's fulfilling, you need to have a sense of purpose. Mm. So you need to actually, for your own happiness, you actually need to work really hard. Otherwise, you know, you become 
that Scandinavian person that has like the best society but only wants to kill themselves, you know? Mm. Apparently the highest rates in, uh, in, in, in the world, highest suicide rates in the world are in Scandinavia and it also happens to be the sickest society in the world. So mm, mm, mm. you need to find a purpose and working hard usually does it. <laughs> yeah, I really do think that there is something to it. I do understand the plight of the small businessmen now, but like there's something, it's just, dude, I'm telling you, it's the exact opposite of uh, working in the ABC, this job. It keeps you more mentally alert because, again, you have to be responsive to change. You can't just sit there and be like, you know, think about a documentary. If, if I thought about a fucking documentary for six months, I'd be bankrupt. I'd be bankrupt after, like, two weeks. You know, you have to be constantly thinking and doing it. It actually makes you smarter. It makes you more, like... I don't know. It's just a nice feeling knowing that you're a lot more malleable than your competition. As in, if anybody from the ABC tried to do what I do, they'd fall on their ass in a day. Like, this is the result of hustle for seven years, you know? I, I do think that there's nothing dirty about it either. It's, it's not the easy way out, but it's the best way out, really. This is really... I think this is really what the economy is saying as well. We are moving into an age... I think that the economy was set up so that there was a bunch of factory workers... What people don't understand now, and this is just some real, like, uh, you know, entrepreneur babble that you will hear on a bunch of those channels, but <laughs> the economy is looking for entrepreneurs now. <laughs> but it is. Well, it really it's is. It's looking yeah. for people that are like, can you innovate? Can you make me something better than someone else? That's what it's looking for. Essentially. Uh, but, yeah, anyway, what, what's, the, uh, what's the audience's thoughts on this? Uh, the audience pretty much agrees. They're saying all these immigrant is coming out. Um, but no, they they are uh, don't live to work, work to live. That helps. Mm. It makes your uh, effort and sleepless nights uh, weirdly enjoyable. You know that thing of um, uh, have you seen Jiro Dreams of Sushi? That Netflix show where the Jiro, who's this like ninety five year old sushi uh, chef who even dreams of sushi, even though he works twenty hours a day making sushi. Mm. Mm. that is really cool if you want to be the best at something but it really helps if you like making sushi yeah. <laughs> so basically that all right so how about we move on to a, a lighter topic um i think this is a known thing but this is becoming more and more evident did you know that because of pollution particularly plastic pollution penises are shrinking in fact, not only that, this is, this is a true fact. This is, it should be concerning. People always, men's health is always a joke, but this is true. Particularly in the Western world, sperm counts of all men has dropped by 50% than what it was this, 20 to 30 years ago. You're getting this Ask Jeeves? Ask Jeeves. Dude, I don't know. Maybe right. your sperm count's still on point, but this is a serious, serious issue. So what, if 50%. we looked at your sperm... There'd just be like three or four Ali's in there, one with three eyes going. Probably, probably. Why do you think we 50%. have so many more? Um, back in the day, you should be, uh, couples used to be able to conceive so easily. Now IVF, surrogacy are way more prevalent. Well, that's one of the studies. They're, they've, they've actually formed a link between particularly plastic, certain kind of plastics. They say that um, if, if, you get, if you consume that, 
particularly like in terms of toys for babies. It, it mimics um, certain estrogen qualities that tricks your mind into thinking, oh, wait, there's too much estrogen. So soy. So I guess you, you become a soy, soy boy. Soy. Right. But that's your, and that's having an effect on literally your physique, not just your sperm count, but like your physicality, uh, your penis is getting smaller progressively. Wait, wait, wait. There's a difference between your penis getting smaller and a lower sperm count. Both of those are issues linked to the same thing, but I'm saying even physically your penises are now getting smaller. But from kids eating plastic toys. Everyone consuming or being around plastics. Shit. Because they say microplastics are in a lot of food now, right? Well, is that what you mean? I'm not surprised by that at all. I'm, I think certain. I'm pretty sure Mexico cooks plastics, dude. Like I've seen them cook weird shit. Like, do you know how often Cactus. they use Coca-Cola as an ingredient for food? Yeah, Coke. They'd be like, yeah, yeah Coca-Cola. They'd be like, uh, and what the stir fry needs is just one liter bottle of Coke. My favorite ingredients. That's not an ingredient. No, that's a junk food diabetes. that you keep for like Maccas only. Yeah. It's got to be the microplastics. That's that's uh, that's so not good. Wait, but do you think it's that's a good thing? And uh, I don't know, Jordan. Like you would you would say that well, less sperm count means less kids, and that means less population. So maybe it's not a bad thing. Yeah, especially because it's probably happening in the third world the most, right? Because no, the it's happening. Are just plastic. It's happening in the Western world the most. Are they getting How? away with it? Because how's that? I think I think part of it also has to do with in the. Look, when I look at Pakistan, right? When I was growing up over there, sure, there was a lot more plastic on the streets. There was way more uses of plastic. But you know what we were eating? Non-processed shit. We were mostly eating fresh vegetables. We were mostly eating really fresh meat. A lot of our stuff was super fresh. And that's because those like super capitalism forces when everything has been commodified hasn't taken over mm. nearly to that level. You're still peasants. We look at our stuff. Most of our stuff is really processed. Our foods, even our vegetables. You look at our vegetables. Our vegetable looks fucking perfect. You look at a, you look at an apple at Coles. It looks so beautiful. It's huge. Like you can tell that some guy wearing a, a white coat made this apple look so good. You go to fucking Pakistan. They're like small. They're, they're flavorful, but they don't look nearly as good. Mm. And I think that's how apples are supposed to be. Mm. They're mm. not supposed to be so good looking. Like we've we've. Kind Isn't of, that GA, they're modified, aren't they? It's not GMO. Well, yeah, look, there's a definitional issue over there. There's it is genetically modified, but not in the same way as like Monsanto is doing it. They're genetically modified in the sense that they keep breeding the best looking apples together, give them the yeah. environment that is optimal, and give them like introduce like um, certain uh, fertilizers that would turbocharge them. Like, just look at a normal chicken. You know, a normal chicken's lifespan was supposed to be 10 to 12 years in the wild. We eat chickens after 80 days. Can you imagine the work that would have gone into making that chicken develop in 80 days? How long is it supposed to be? A chicken lives for like 12 years or in the wild was supposed yeah, to live for 12 what? years. Yeah. So it really should have been, it really should have been like Shit. an adult chicken fit for consumption should have at least taken a year and year and a half. But there's a difference We're between, doing it in 80 days. There's a difference between genetically modifying something and plastics. That's what I'm saying. That there is, that, that's why I don't want to get into that definitional thing. So this but, isn't but, about genetically modified, but I'm, th I'm saying all of this is playing a role yeah. into it. It's like Chemi climate change. Like if there's a flood in Australia, can, you can't point directly at it and say that's caused by climate change. It might not be. It might just be a cyclical thing. But if you look at the entire thing, I think there's a lot of factors that are really playing into this. And I think processing foods, 
But um, do you think that it's probably better off in the long run? I really <laughs> don't think so. You don't? In terms of population control, maybe. That's an evil way to control a population. But that's... I think you're going to live longer with diseases. You're going to die more painful deaths. Because of the plastic? Because of the plastic. Because, you know, oh, it's increasing... I thought that we'd just give birth to babies that really were baby-borns. Would that be incredible if someone actually does give baby birth to a plastic doll? There's so much plastic. Jesus. I don't know if that's how biology works. I don't think it does. But maybe but it's just like a, the plastic doll has Charles Darwin's head on it being like. <laughs> <laughs> well, but like, dude, don't you think that even in terms of the uh, genetically modified stuff, it's kind of just turning into that uh, how we could just continue to be nomadic and 150 acres could support 150 people. Or you could go to corn and it'd support a thousand people, but their life expectancy would drop by thirty percent. So yeah, and so is the the question quality of life or quantity of life? But they say that quantity of life. Ironically, quantity of life is quality of life, isn't it? No, I don't think so. I would rather die at like sixty five, walking about. If someone told me now you can live till eighty, but you're gonna be like in pain. I would. It depends how much because I'll claw on to the dear dead end. If someone said you can have an extra second of life, but I'm going to poke you with this searing hot rod, I'd be like, let's do it. It was worth it. And the funny thing is that extra second, all you did be just just like rehearsing Kill a me. script. What? Just needlessly rehearsing a script that you'll never release. Just be like, <laughs> barrel arm. Oh, I did it. Ah. Fat Dyke on crack uh, makes a good point over here. And John Barillaro's. And John Barillaro's like dead family members are like the gatekeepers to the pearly gates. <laughs> they just, just be like, how, you didn't believe in us, dude. How ironic. <laughs> dude, what do you reckon? Would you do that? Do what? You've got 15 extra years, but you're kind of like hobbling around crippled. Uh, it depends like the level of pain. What do you mean hobbling around crippled? Like what? one of my okay. legs is a bit... Each step you take is painful. How painful? Pins and needles, painful. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, I like pins and needles. Little. You <laughs> like it? Like they're kind of You're fun. free. They're kind of fun. They're like, well, this is crazy. Yeah. Well, you do actually like it. variety. Yeah. <laughs> I'd probably so go different for- types of pain. Yeah. Yeah. Different types of pain. I'd hang on. I, I, I definitely feel like I'm like the. I want more life, fucker. Yeah, so I'd too. probably hang. <laughs> I'd probably hang on. But you know, if someone's like, like, like searing me with a hot cattle prod like no that's not going to be fun you can't like eat a bowl of fur it's like like that's not going to work you know hey what about every now and then like a demon and you don't know when you'll just be walking around and then he just crawls up your anus every now and then like once every six months somewhere how big is he like you'll feel it you know come on (laughs) variety variety bring it on at this point, we all know Ali would say yes. At this point, I'd yeah, all of a sudden he's up to 80. Yeah, at this point, hey, I'm wishing this is for something it. you'd be interested in, Jordan. Spontaneously, our Twitch audience is doing a poll on Jordy should do more of what? Option A, RBT videos. Option B, COVID truth or freakouts. Option C, laughing at boomers on Facebook. And option four, MAF, maths. Um, and currently, laugh, laughing at boomers on Facebook is winning by a big margin. Write that down. <laughs> Right, I don't know why I interrupted the pod, and also you guys spontaneously did it. But 
All right, this is your introduction into searing pain sporadically over six months. I don't think it's going to... Try it not Your hand is so sweaty. Yeah, exactly. Why are you sweating? Like are a you warm nervous? clam. <laughs> Why? No, I don't know. I don't Why know. are you sweaty? I don't know. Shit, it's the plastic. Shit, now look at that. He's a very sweaty man. What's going on? I mean, let's see your pits. You all right? You feeling that? How's that looking? I'm probably tired. I mean, from, it could have been better. I'm tired from all your gas bagging. That's probably it. Gas bagging. <laughs> <laughs> all right. No, look, moving on to. Wait, e- wait, wait. Can I just write that down there? Yeah, yeah. But uh, laughing okay. at boomers write online. It down on it's this. one. I think it's laughing one. at boomers on Facebook has one it's with sixty-one percent. Holy shit! That 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 was uh that one by ten. A ten huge, times. huge margin. Huge margin. Huge margin. Right. Sorry about this, the stig. But this is what I think of your work. <laughs> <laughs> the stig. Can I you put the, no? Uh, oh, oh. oh my god! <laughs> Far out. All right. You may as well have just eaten my silver bars. <laughs> you probably be worth less than that. Yeah, yeah, it would be worth less. Can All you right. uh? Can you just put that in your wallet there, Missy? Yes, sir. While we're actually no, I've got something even better. You want me to take a photo of it? Put it oh, in the now that's map. Now that's that's I synergy. Mentioned, I should have just done it afterwards. Okay, let's move on to something that's really concerning and way more heady. Shooter Williamson got punched during a live show. What? Oh, you didn't know this? No. So apparently uh, some heckler... Actually, I'm not surprised at all. I'm think, more surprised that he isn't punched in every show. I think he, I know so who this he is. This is... Oh, you know... Shoot, uh, he, <laughs> how do you not know who Shooter is? And he's thinking of Chris Tucker. <laughs> yeah, I think it's Shooter McGavin. <laughs> From <laughs> no, he's thinking of Yosemite Sam. Remember that guy from Looney Tunes be like, yes. That is a real comedian. I don't want to scare you, but he he got punched by one of his audience that was pissed off. So he was, uh, he he was was doing his bit or whatever. You've collabed with him. Have you? You've collabed with him. Yeah, several times. I think I have. Can I just get on the record? Pretty sure he's a meth head. But he's the hey, nicest meth head hey, I've ever met in my life. Hey, he's, he's a nice guy. No, I, that's what I, I'm yeah. saying. He's a legend. That is They're honestly, not mutually exclusive. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, look, when I've gone to his stand-up shows and I've gone to a couple and really enjoyed them, I highly recommend him. But that guy knows a little too much about dry culture. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's but, a knowledgeable uh, man. He's a knowledgeable man. Maybe he's just worldly, but... He, uh, I've got to say, there's two people that everyone's always like, they are fucked, fuck them. And I always hear people bagging them out. It's Isaac Butterfield and Shooter. Ironically, hmm. the biggest legends in the game. Hmm. They are solid dudes. Hell yeah, and I they'll do favours for you. you know? I wanna, like they'll they'll I stick by you. I want to I I give an observation that is a personal observation of mine. And uh, I think a lot of immigrants would agree with this. You know those people, and, and Miss, you would appreciate this fact too, and I swear, hand to my God, I swear to Allah, this is true. Mm-mm. The people that you normally meet in your day-to-day life that have like really controversial opinions, like, yeah, fuck, I hate these libs. You know, those guys, in my particular opinion, end up being really nice people, and they actually do a lot more for you than... Someone that's like, oh my God, I love immigrants. Like I love, I wish that we were more diverse. Those people usually end up dogging you. People that you assume would be really bad and are straight up, they're upfront about their ideas are actually end up being the nicest people. And this is not one instance. 
this is as a general rule. This is what I've experienced in Australia. Yeah, case in point, Lithgow. Uh, we've got our own test tube right here. Well, I was just going to say you can simplify that. Simplify that to country versus city. I reckon it's not even country versus city. City people. I, that's just a. That's honestly, that's a general rule. But yeah, I always think that that's the case. You always see these people that. Uh, the media just completely shuns and say the absolute filth of society. It's the exact opposite way around. The press are the complete filth of society. <laughs> and these people that, like, you know, say some racy jokes every now and then, they'll yeah. fix your car. Yeah, yeah, and Don't yeah, you yeah, reckon? Yeah. Even if you no, said that, to one of these ABC true, yeah. officials, hey, can you get my NRMA insurance number out of my wallet, you'll just get back six hours later. Oh, sorry, I didn't see the test. <laughs> it's like a class divide, eh? And, and the other thing that they do not yeah. stand, because their entire philosophy in life is, now nah, everyone should be treated the same. There's no special favours. So if they see an immigrant or someone actually face injustice, they get super angry at that. They're like, fuck off, nah. Because their whole thing is everyone should be equal. So if they actually see something going bad, they take it really personally. They become like Clint Eastwood and like, mm. I'm a Republican, but you do not mesh with Koreans like that unless you're going to face the barrel of my gun. Now, yeah. you Koreans, stop making stupid spaghetti or noodles. It, it, it really annoys my nose. Look, that's so true. I remember once I was in the western suburbs and my car had broken down. And a guy that was clearly dealing drugs and in that kind of voice like this. Mm-hmm. He was just like, Oh, are you tiny? And I said, No. The fuck are you then? He was like really upfront. And then I said, Oh, my car broke down. He goes, Pop the hood. Yeah, you should be good to go, mate. All right, yeah, have a good time. <laughs> That's sick. That happened. That's sick. That's never going to happen in the eastern suburbs. Not That's not true, actually. That happened to me in the eastern suburbs. What a junkie. Not a junkie, but like some like... One exception to the rule is I reckon the skinny, energetic Kiwi men are great. Because I, I, my car broke skinny, down... Skinny, energetic Kiwi men are just sheep shearers from New Zealand. Yeah, well, sheep Also, shearers. we got some hate for that from the last part, too. What? A what lot of Kiwis like were saying that we're, uh, our take on the New Zealand situation wasn't bad. So this is my what thing. T- shut up about take first off. But what, what, what are we? Did we even mention New Zealand? I feel we like did. We were saying that they were they were the getting <laughs> they were saying we were getting deported. Uh, like the New Zealand uh, Kiwis were getting deported and shit. But this is what we can do. Uh, one of these <laughs> podcasts will get like a, a Kiwi to call in and explain their gripes, so that you know it's fair for their gripes. Yeah, whatever their gripes are. gripes. Well, we're going to turn it into the Kiwi Grievance Hour. Well, we can do it for like, not an hour, 10 minutes. (laughs) 10 minutes. (laughs) But okay, uh, Shooter Williamson thing. So what happens is Shooter's doing his bit. Some guy keeps heckling, blah, blah, blah. Shooter gets really pissed off, takes his beer, pours it on this guy's head because he's right at the front. The guy gets on stage. Shooter thinks that he's... Shooter gives him like the mic and says, all right, like I put beer on you so you... Deserve a right of reply. <laughs> and, uh, and See, he I ta- told you, gentlemen. He takes the beer. Shooter, shooter thinks that he's going to pour the beer on his head, so he's like ready to just drink it. That was his gag. But instead of the guy pouring beer, he Glassed. just punched the shit out of Fuck, him. Fuck, at least he didn't glass him. That would not have been fun. I, can't, I don't know where this punch was. Punch the shit is in once? Or One punch, but and then, and then like a bunch of people came in and took him away who 
everyone assumed was security, but it was just a bunch of shooters fans. Put him in a hole. So this guy like ended up being like the egg boy. He's like, you, you, you fucking punch shooter. It was probably the exact wow. guys that were restraining egg boy. Yeah. You reckon? Hey, egg that shooter, show some respect. <laughs> did he? Did he? Did he go down? Uh, I because it's I don't I haven't seen the video. I don't know if there nah, even is. Don't a you video reckon if there's one thing that shooter can do, it's take, take a, a punch. punch. I think he took I'm a punch. I'm just wondering it how was, hard he, of a punch. He, his, yeah. his fucking uh, his his ear was blue. <laughs> Because he punched him yeah, on the dude, side. Yeah, that's a, that's, a, that's a hard punch. And he can take it, it seems. There dude, you go. And people said Rodney Roode had it tough. Rodney Roode hasn't been beaten on stage. Well, fuck. We don't know that for I a kind fact. of like... He uh, probably did. Because yeah. I've seen he him was taken off stage by cops once. That I know. Same penis. Pretty ballsy, wasn't it? I can't remember what he was saying, but... He just like... Cops hey. take it off and then... He was doing his... You know what it was? It was that skit that he had of being like a... Don't you hate it when you forget that you've got a condom on and then you piss and it fucking explodes everywhere. <laughs> just it's like a bunch of don't you hate it when? Just doing all of that. Probably would be like taking Don't you off hate Netflix. it when your missus says you pull out, you get too excited and you accidentally come in your eyes. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. Like all of that. Fuck. And then uh, the cops come on. How baller is this? The cops come on and drag him off. He wrestles away. <laughs> this is a comedian. Wrestles away, grabs the mic and says, don't you hate it when the cops are trying to drag you off me, <laughs> <laughs> Now there's a man. There's a comedian. That was devoted to his art. Yeah, dude, there's a comedian. Don't you reckon? That's True amazing. Hero. That's amazing. <laughs> still on. So good. Getting arrested, still on. I don't know why they didn't put him on a fucking coin. They really should, shouldn't they? Yeah. No, he should be like, on the hundred dollar bill. That's how valuable <laughs> ah, he is. Yes. People hate and you press a little button and it goes. <laughs> <laughs> nice drug dealer, Manny Can. <laughs> Rodney Root still has a Kyle. Finally, some common sense. People, most people still hate Rodney Root, right? Who? No, I don't know because I think you know how people, how like uh, boomers hate Kyle mm. from Kyle and Jackie O. Well, look. The boomers we hang out with, yes, but you do realize that the vast majority of their audience is mums. What boomers do you hang out with? Boomers that I hung out with 10 years ago. Oh, I gotcha. gotcha now gotcha. I am the boomer. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. No, 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 you're not the boomer. Boomer, I thought boomers loved him. No, some people, if you're an ABC crowd boomer, him, you hate him. Who listens to if him? If you're if like boomers. Lithgow boomer, you probably love him. I'm guessing that's Ooh, how Kyle. it Kyle. I feel like that's no, the mainstream. No, uh, Rodney like. Rude. Oh, Rodney Rude or Kyle? Well, both you know of them have the well? same I'll thing. A lot of people hate them. Before, but, uh, I'll tell you who else likes him. Comedians. Well, comedians can't hate other... But wanky comedians that are on the ABC, as in Judith Lucy, has nothing but good things to say about Rodney Rude. She's just like, that's the G-O-T, you know? Yeah. But that's you know, now she's saying that. In hindsight, Rodney Rude has, has that reputation of a man that got cancelled for speaking up against authority. But I bet you, uh, Judith Lucy, when it was happening, was probably like, nah, get him off, he's too crass. See, this it, is the whole thing. This is what we were talking about last... I'm really obsessed with this at the moment, that there's a divide. There, there really is just artists and propagandists who call themselves artists. And I think that anybody that's in the creative industries and they're just constantly reinforcing whatever the fuck flavour of the day thoughts there are, propagandists. That's what was sick about Rodney Roode. 
Rodney Roode was doing things back then that only RSLs would allow him to do. Everywhere else was like, oh my God, he said the word penis. <gasps> now he's talking about sex. Mm. You know? Rare. He was there pushing the boundaries. Yeah. He was normalizing that on the front line. You are the new Rodney Roode. Let's, let's just call it. Let's, let's, Shooters, the new Rodney. Oh, okay, shooters, maybe. The, yeah, yeah. Dude, the guy got fucking punched on stage. True. He deserves a title. I'm check him Rude. out. I'm gonna give him a pr- proper chance. Like every time I've seen his stand up, it seems to be, it's only it's only sort of snippets, but it seems to just sort of be like, and another thing about very specific regional pubs. I'm just like, yes, yes, I do appreciate that. How was it set? Four hours. I'm go to the loo real quick. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I haven't seen it. So I, I'm just jumping the gun. but uh. All right, look, one more thing. This is a bit of a gossip for those of you out there. Did you know Koshi was not invited to Samantha's farewell lunch? Ooh, what a mole. Why? <laughs> well, Koshi doesn't know, but uh, all the pretty... So he was on Kyle and Jackie O, and he was saying, I just wasn't invited, and uh, <laughs> uh, all the producers were invited. No. Apparently, uh, Samantha doesn't like him anymore. Why? It was what his advice because it was yeah. shitty advice about orange metaphors, remember? And banking. She read that and was like, no, nah, it's not doing <laughs> it for me. Use pears. It's more appropriate. <laughs> Surely. But what could she it read be? it back to back. Saw Koshi's like, nah. biz channel and was like, the formatting's all wrong. <laughs> do you think that has something to do with uh, her thinking that Koshi got her off? Or did she just leave on her own because she didn't want to? Is it a well? No, but leave? I really don't know why the fuck she was there. I don't know why they. Re- I do know why she replaced Melissa Doyle, but I think it was the stupidest decision. Who re- uh, do you know the the, the lady who replaced uh, Samantha now? Yeah, Nat. Of course. Yeah. Is she is she good? No, she's mean spirited, just like Samantha was. The, the great thing about Mel was it was just like. You're waking up to every nice Aussie mum in Australia mm. morphed into one person. That's that was true. what was sick. Very true. And then Koshi was kind of just like, you're waking up to your uncle that you're not really sure if he's got dementia or not, but you're guessing he does. <laughs> Koshi, <laughs> Koshi and Melissa could have never survived together for a long period. Why? You can't have two alphas in a room. It's kind of tr- Look, you know why they said that they actually got rid of them? And this is just so pathetic because I hated that dynamic. I thought it was... I hated it. They were looking at their research and they noticed that the audience liked Carl Stefanovic and fucking Lisa Wilkinson always bickering. They liked waking up in the morning listening to a passive-aggressive domestic. That's what really got Australia going. But they, they got along, actually. Oh. Wilkinson and uh, old mate got along. Like, they even take the piss out of each other. That's true as well, but they used to then. always... Nah. Dude, no. Believe me. There's... I may or may not have watched the best of those two clips like yesterday. Ishmael, listen, you got by pedestrian. I bet you it was. No, it was just YouTube. Yeah, they put that up there for sure. It wasn't pedestrian. What's that? Was a fan. A fan just did a best moment. So, yeah, just watched every minute of that show. Dude, there are fans of Carl uh, Stefanovic. There are fans. Look, I do understand the love because you know, yeah, he well, is a funny. He's a, funny uh, a lot of salami is saying Koshi is too lefty. That's why. Is that? Is that well, plausible? You know what? what? Actually, no, because you know what Armitage is? She's part of that Bunyip aristocracy. She's right. from a really wealthy but. rural family. And that's why every time Cole Fitch Gibbon and uh, Barnaby Joyce are on, she just 
visibly, actively pans Joel Fitzgibbon and sits there just laughing at all of Barnaby's <laughs> jokes, being like, hey, just let him finish, Joel. It's just a lot. It's, really? it's You're essentially watching Bill O'Reilly interview <laughs> Graham. What's that guy that is from the South and is clearly a closet homosexual? I don't know. Graham something or other, you know? Uh, mm. Yeah, look, I... But it's very Fox Newsy what happens there. Yeah. It's true. Samantha Army, I don't know. I thought she was horrible. I really That's so rue the day that Mel was dumped for Sam. Because you're just mm. like too much of a Mel fan. That was the problem. I'm you're a big fan Mel. of Mel. Yeah. Uh, and I wish her all the best. Do, raising her family. Is that what she's doing? I'm pretty sure she's a great grandmother now. Okay, she's very don't. old. Is she? Well, when we were teenagers, wasn't she just like, I'm having my 40th? I don't know. I just, I, she's just one of those people that's just like, you know. Look, as much as I love her, if I read in the newspapers tomorrow that she Melissa was Doyle died of heart failure tomorrow, I'd be like, well, it's about time. Yeah, she's a, she's probably very old. She's not that. She can't she's be. Not she's not a grandma. I'm going to put that down. I'll put that on the record. I bet you we're going to walk down the street now and she'll be toddling along in a walking frame. <laughs> we're in the wrong suburb for that, but... Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. But the oh. closest retirement home to here so, would probably be that one that was shut down for COVID restrictions. <laughs> so has Koshia left you? Well, no, he's the, just a yeah. common lover of common sense. You know what he he's is? He's the OG member of the Common Sense Brigade. He's That's the OG member of the Common Sense Brigade. And he's the OG Kevin Rudd fanboy. That's true. He inhabits that same space that Kevin Rudd does. Crazy. I'm just like, let's look at the numbers. Oh, yes, they tell a story. Yeah, they? that's a nice change, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Look, we, at the numbers. We're running a bit out of time. We had more segments. Uh, choose one of these. Um how the energy companies are screwing over rooftop solar guys or um, the quad. And uh, lastly, actually, yeah, one of those. What? Can't we just keep talking about how sick Rodney Rude is? <laughs> What's the we quad? Could, but the is the quad like a new the block or something? Or Joe Biden. <laughs> Joe Biden. One of the three. Well, purely for the algorithm. Let's talk Joe. <laughs> so, uh, Joe, Bi- the, the <laughs> whole thing is, you know how Joe Biden recently launched uh, these um, strikes on Syria? and As he should. It's weird <laughs> how every uh, president that comes in has to prove their authoritarian, like has to prove their authority by bombing some country. Jesus. <laughs> like that's a requirement now. Trump, if you remember, did exactly the same. When he came in, he wanted to show how tough he was with ISIS they dropped, I think, one of the biggest bombs aside from a nuclear bomb in what? Afghanistan. Yeah, you've forgotten about that. The, Are you that was sure? the thing. I am Didn't he just light up some fireworks with that dude they killed? No, he dropped a big ass bomb. But Probably to Trump's credit. While doing that, was watching the 4th of July fireworks. Yeah. Damn, I thought I would have read that. But, uh, dude, but, anyway. But, like, so, but the point is, like, why is that a thing that every. And how, so how does that make Joe Biden any different? In True. terms of his foreign policy, he's doing, he's playing the, military the exact same Is anybody playbook. guessing anything else? Of course, that was what was going to happen. No, but then, like, there were a lot of these starry-eyed people that were saying, like, if we get rid of Trump, the world will be a better place. Yeah, and then there's, like... That's because they're idiots. And the, one of the biggest <laughs> CNN point is, the most refreshing thing about Joe Biden is having a president with empathy. Yeah, the military what, industrial complex has a lot of money. 
It has and a, they lot, of a lot of bombs. Oh, here's drop. here's the other thing. Here's uh, sorry, I, I want to get this is this could be a hot take, but do you know how Joe Biden has projected this image of like I am an empathetic man, and if you are fleeing violence anywhere in South America, you can come to the U.S. That had caused a huge problem because there's a lot of economic migrants and people that are genuinely facing troubles that are now moving towards the south of the border. And people over there literally just like, we can't handle this many people. Which is why, you know, the, the whole thing about Trump keeping children in cages, they're still in cages, but with their parents now as well in those cages. Because the number, the sheer number of migrants that have come to the southern border is just batshit crazy. Damn, so Trump was right. That? So Trump was right. It was like, what he's doing on the border is unbelievable. It's disgraceful. I mean, it is it is a nice thing to do, but then when you've got someone that's favorable in the White House that is saying that I'm going to let people in, it makes a lot of people that weren't thinking of moving move. They're like, well, if we get a ticket to the US, then who hates Didn't that? I learned this from Cuba. Yeah, by uh, Reagan. Is that what you're talking about? Tell the story, Miss. Go on. So Reagan, <coughs> welcome. <laughs> so Reagan, I, I mean, you. Are, I'm sure you'll know about this, but from my understanding, you're acquainted with Miss Love, right? Yeah. How's it going? Yeah. How's it going? I didn't get fired. Uh, He's one of the members. Yeah. Uh, from my understanding, Reagan was like, "I'm gonna show you, uh, Kami's all the way down there. Uh, what's his name? What's his name? Fidel Castro. That's right, Fidel Castro. Uh, you, he started the speech with. Uh, no, they say the great thing about figuring out which country's the best one to live in, just open up the borders and see where the people go. Well, today I'm going to open them up on Cuba, see if they want a nice slice of freedom pie. <laughs> and then Castro, being the boss he is, decided to send all the murderers, all the delinquents, <laughs> all the rapists, all the druggos, and all the... Insane Bums. people. That's not true. Yes, that's he did. Not true. Yes, he did. I've seen it might have led. It might have led a lot of people. That's true. But like most of the people that moved to Cuba were part of the upper class that really suffered because all of their shit was taken by Castro. No, they might have left as well. But <laughs> I know for a fact that Cuba, that Fidel was sitting there just being like. Uh, just release everybody in jail. Just put them on their bathtub, put them out. Because he said, this is one of his most famous quotes in history, I have flushed the toilets of Cuba. <laughs> oh my I'm God. I'm aware of that. But that was... That, there's oh like, that's, a fu- dude, that, that's a funny man. There's a lot of optics in that too. When, he, when he's... You know, let's say let's say you're Fidel Castro and you've just taken over Cuba and Ronald Reagan has said, anyone that's welcome to Cuba and you see a lot of people leaving your country... The best optic spin is, well, there are rapists that were going, so yay. Because you don't want to say, well, don't st- don't go, stay. Like, come on, this is going to be a good yeah. country. You don't want to be on that side. But come it's on. It's so controversial then when Trump was just being like, they're being in drugs, they're being in crime, and some, I assume, are good people. He's bang on about what happened in Cuba. <laughs> well, That's uh, true. Maybe, maybe I'll rephrase this. He was common this. sense, man. We let him go. What were thinking? <laughs> Well, look, I, there's no way to salvage this because I know that particularly Miss Love has a very strong opinion on this topic. But I was going to say, maybe maybe I'm framing the question wrong. Maybe instead of saying uh, it's causing a problem on the borders, I could say, well, maybe it's time for US to have a big ass uh, massive immigrant intake, just like they did when Ronald Reagan was there and a bunch of Cubans came in. Or maybe not. <laughs> are all options <laughs> it's just the numbers game isn't it like 
It, you know, it is causing problems. Like because of pandemic, uh, my friend was telling me this. Because of the pandemic in Australia, usually we get like I don't know, a hundred and fifty thousand migrants come in every year to Australia. Last year during the twenty twenty, we had a hundred and ten. What that's meant is that there is a huge demand in all or corporate organizations for people like that can do coding, that can do that. So we don't realize, and and it's driven up the cost by a huge margin. So people that were getting paid sixty thousand dollars a year salary are now getting offered a hundred thousand dollars a year salary because of, um, because like there's just there haven't been that many immigrants that have come in to do those jobs. So we almost sometimes forget how critical these immigrants can be in filling in key positions. All right, that's enough of you trying to convince me of Big Australia for one episode. Thank you very much. <laughs> All right, well, thank you for joining us today. Slipping um, that in there. Trying to get that in. Fuck. <laughs> Shameless. Globalist <laughs> is here. You the are globalist. a globalist, dude. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 Alex I, 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 Jones warned me about you. <laughs> <laughs> he warned us about plastics too, and that make us drink smaller. So he's. Why are you listening there. to this podcast? Thank you for joining <laughs> us. Please become a patron. Go on Patreon slash Friendly Geordie's podcast. And you'll want to because the greatest segment of all time, and everybody talk about this in the chat if you are a member, we have Miss Love's Musings in <laughs> unit credit form. If you were hungry for more Carl Pilkington after that dreamboat ran, look no further. I'll tell you about Big Australia. And Big Dick Energy Australia. And for that one patron who messaged me saying, hey, I'm a patron and I really want to understand... Uh, I've noticed that there's an uptick on um, news uh, media uh, saying a lot of bad stuff about the Liberal Party all of a sudden, and I don't know why that is. Well, we're going to discuss that, but Jordan's going to be doing a video on that soon. Am I wrong? That's coming out right? on Friday. Check that so out. So check that out. That Friday. It, has, it would have then. to be the most poorly articulated video I've ever done in my life because I was filming it and the whole time Christo was sitting back there shaking his head nervously. But <laughs> uh, it was it was hell to do Shit. that video. But uh, let me nervous. tell you, like, yeah, you wait on Friday because I have big news that I had to be extremely general about. But you get the... The big picture, I guess. It's important. Yeah, exactly. So wait for that. And uh, please become a patron. Uh, we really, all the money that you um, uh, contribute on Patreon, Patreon goes to the selfish trust of benefiting ourselves. And his electric car. And please, we really want to turn this office from a rented office into an office with a mortgage. We need <laughs> your money. Yeah, because we then we can money. put space colors on here. And Come on, you guys don't want to see that? Do you know how long it took us just to take four posters off? Help us out. Help us you're out. You're very rude. If but you don't. even if you don't, we <laughs> appreciate yeah, you either being Either way, here. you're rude. No, look, even uh, if you don't, we still love we you. We still love you. We still really love you. Twitch you. is, you know, the internet's a crazy place. It's a bit of fun, isn't it? Enjoy GTA, which is, I assume, what you'll be doing on your turn. Yeah, off. Don't listen to Peter Dutton. Continue playing GTA. Thank you, guys, and listen, we'll see you next listen week. Listen to Peter Garrett. <laughs>